And so I think I've always kind of advocated for myself and my GIS skills in my past positions. And I think taking that step of making that map or just spending a few times doing a GIS project that you're not necessarily asked to do, but you can see how it could be useful to something else that you're working on or that someone else in your office is working on is a really great step. And in my jobs where I've done that, I've been given more GIS work after showing my skills and Welcome to another episode of the Mapscaping Podcast. My name is Daniel and this is a podcast for the geospatial community. My guest on the show today is Carolyn Kessner and she is working as a strategic conservation planner. And today's podcast episode is part of a small series of episodes which I'm publishing which focus on not talking about the future of geospatial but talking with the future of geospatial. So the idea here is to help share the stories of students and early stage professionals. What has their journey looked like so far? How difficult was it to get a job? What worked for them? When they look back at their education, were there any gaps? Is there a good crossover between the things they learned in their formal education and what they are using in, in their day-to-day jobs? And I hope that by helping share some of these stories that'll help other early stage professionals, perhaps students, understand what their journey might look like and perhaps they'll be able to benefit from from the advice from people that have gone before them. If this episode resonates with you, there'll be links to the other episodes that I've published in this series in the show notes. Hi Carolyn, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much for taking the time to to talk with me. I I really appreciate it. And I'm really curious about your journey. So you have a full-time permanent position in, in the geospatial industry now and you've been working, as far as I understand, for a couple of years So maybe we could start with a brief introduction and perhaps a little bit of an understanding of how you got involved in in geospatial, what your journey has looked like and where you are now. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So my name is Carolyn Kessner. I am currently working as a strategic conservation planner for the Lake Placid Land Conservancy, which is a land trust in upstate New York. And I'm not sure what background the other people you've been interviewing have, but mine might be a little bit different for other people in the GIS field. I don't have a degree or a minor or anything in GIS, but I use it pretty much full-time in my job now. I have a degree in environmental science, and through my undergraduate work, I had to take GIS courses, and it's a really big asset for people in the conservation field. So after graduating, I took a summer position doing fieldwork, collecting the locations and status of a bunch of riparian corridors in Connecticut, and I was able to use my GIS skills there. After that, I moved to a different job in New York State where I was doing a lot of permitting and wastewater work, but I was able to input my GIS skills there and really show how much of an asset making maps and having the spatial component to the work I was doing there was. And then since then, I left for my current job, which I've been in for a year and a half now, and I've really enjoyed my position. I was brought on full-time to do a full-time GIS project kind of looking at the land around my organization and seeing where we should best be spending our time and efforts to conserve land. Um, And it's been a really fun project to work on. And I've really enjoyed getting to show non-GIS people the power of GIS. Wow, there's a lot to dive into there. You mentioned in your formal education that it wasn't like focused on on GIS, geospatial, but there were a few classes in there. Would would you mind telling me what those classes were and, and what the focus of those classes was like what was the goal of, of these classes that you took? So in my undergraduate degree, intro to GIS was a requirement, and it was a requirement that a lot of people did not like having, myself included. And I did not think I would end up in the geospatial field because I really hated intro to GIS. 
I think there's a big steep learning curve in using some GIS platforms. And so for me, I really struggled with the first semester of that class. It was a pretty basic GIS class, really onboarding us into using ArcMap. And I found it really challenging. But at the end of the class, I kind of saw how everyone else in the class was struggling, but that if I pushed through it, I saw how useful this skill could be. And so after that, I took advanced courses in GIS. So kind of really diving more into the technology and taking it to the next level. And I also worked in my GIS lab as a lab assistant, um, which I think was really valuable for me as I really learned how to teach GIS to, you know, intro students are not necessarily GIS people and work across disciplines with people who are working on a variety of projects so that I wasn't just pigeonholed into, you know, kind of the environmental side of GIS. So I really learned a lot from that experience. And aside from my formal learning in school, I've taken a lot of free classes. I'm sure you know of Esri's MOOCs, but there's also other, a variety of other courses I've taken online and I've taught myself Arc Pro since graduating as well. That sounds like it requires a lot of self-motivation. You said you weren't that excited about learning GIS right at the start or you found it very difficult, but then something clicked in your mind and you decided that this was going to be a really useful tool for you. And then it sounds like you went all in. You took the classes you could, you helped out in the, the practical labs as a tutor, and you also done these online courses. So a couple of questions here spring to mind. What was it about GIS that you thought was going to be so useful for you that it was worth investing in? And where did you find the motivation to continue doing something that you found difficult? I think for me, it really clicked for the usefulness of GIS when I started job searching and saw that pretty much any job I wanted in the conservation or environmental field always had a little line that said proficiency in GIS or GIS skills preferred. And I think for me, being in the conservation environmental field, a lot of people have a similar experience to me of they had to take at least one GIS class in school, but then dropped it afterwards. And so for me, having advanced GIS skills in the conservation field has really put me ahead of other candidates in a lot of my job applications. And it's been a really great benefit for me. I've really enjoyed using it at that higher level to really show the organizations I've worked for. You know, we have this question and it could probably have a geospatial lens and get us a better answer if we took the mapping to the next level. So that's really where I saw it come in for me of not a lot of people in my field know how to use it past a very introductory level. And if I took it to the next level, I would probably put myself ahead of other candidates. So that's how I kind of got interested in that. And then as far as self-motivation, yes, I, I'm a pretty decently self-motivated person. And I think for me as well, I was a little bit frustrated in undergraduate that my school did not have a certificate, a minor, a major in GIS or geography. And so for me, I really wanted to show employers that I knew GIS and I wanted to keep using it. And so after graduating, I just kept taking courses to learn more and more. And I think what really reeled me in was the advent of Arc Pro. It's such a great platform and I've been having a lot of fun learning more about it and just kind of playing around with cartography on my own. So you mentioned before that you saw that in job advertisements that they were asking for these skills. How did you manage to showcase these skills? Because I think that it's one thing just to write a bullet point saying, I have done this course, I have done this class at university. But was there anything else that you did to showcase your skills? Did you have a portfolio or, or something similar? Yeah, that's a great point. And I think that's one of the biggest tips I give to people in the GIS field is to show your work and have some sort of portfolio for your work. Like I said, in my field, a lot of people will say they know how to use GIS, but maybe not really know how to use it past an introductory level. So 
I've actually had a couple of different renditions of portfolios. My current one is now hosted in the new ArcGIS Story Maps platform. And I've gotten feedback from pretty much every job I've applied for that my portfolio was what got me either the interview or the final job offer. And I think it's incredibly valuable for people to see what you can do with the technology. And oftentimes when they look at your portfolio, you can do things that they never even thought of, especially for me being in a field that's not a super heavy GIS field. You know, often when I'm working at an organization, I'm the only GIS person there. And so I think it's even more important to have a portfolio when you're working in a field like mine, where people don't necessarily know the technology that you're bringing to them. Yeah. And I think that's true for a lot of people that there's one GIS specialist in an organization. And it sounds like it's true for you. Oftentimes, this means we need to be a jack of all trades. Is that the case for the work that you're doing? Are you expected to have a really broad understanding of geospatial concepts? Or are you quite narrow focused? I would say it depends. I feel like every job I've gone to has used a different set of my skills that I don't necessarily use at the next job. And I've found that a lot of my GIS jobs are kind of learning on the job and learning how to do a specific task pretty well. But definitely general geospatial concepts and cartography definitely go a long way at any position. Previously, you talked about selling in as well. So this idea that you're surrounded by people that didn't necessarily understand what could be done with, with geospatial software. And it sounded like part of your role was to sell it in, was to teach people. How do you do that? Do you have any tips for us? Is there anything that's been particularly successful for you when you've been trying to show people what, what it is that you can do? Yeah, and I think a big part of it is just to do it. If you are in a meeting or something is happening at work and you say, wow, you know, this could be really well shown in a map. Or if I do this simple spatial analysis and show it to everyone on the team, maybe they will embrace it and really see the impact of maps and give me more work down this line. And so I think I've always kind of advocated for myself and my GIS skills in my past positions. And I think taking that step of making that map or just spending a few times doing a GIS project that you're not necessarily asked to do, but you can see how it could be useful to something else that you're working on or that someone else in your office is working on is a really great step. And in my jobs where I've done that, I've been given more GIS work after showing my skills and what I could bring to the organization. So I just say, go for it, you know, take some time playing around with GIS. I listened to your episode with John Nelson, and he gave some similar advice, which I think people should really take to heart of, you know, if you see a use for this GIS application, like, go ahead and do it more times than not, people will be kind of odd that you were able to do it and want you to do more. And I think that's how I've been able to advance my GIS career across jobs that weren't necessarily very GIS heavy was always making time for GIS and working it into the work I was working on, whether or not it was specifically a GIS project. Where did you find the confidence to stand up and say, hey, I, I, I've got an idea or just to take the initiative and, and do some work and then present it to a team? Because I think when you're new in an organization and perhaps you know, early in your professional career, this can be quite daunting, but you seem to have managed to do it. So yeah, where, where did you find the confidence to do that? <laughs> well, thanks so much for that. I don't know if it's necessarily confidence so much as I wanted to do it. And I think for me, GIS is a pretty creative outlet. And so, you know, that last half hour of the day where you're really slogging through that last little bit of the day, just taking some time to do it and maybe not necessarily formally presenting it to the team, but emailing something to your boss and saying, hey, I played around with this, thought it might be useful for the report. Just kind of smaller steps like that, I think could help work you up to that presentation. But I think for the most part, people aren't going to be mad that you made a map. 
or, you know, better showed the project that they're working on or help presented the results of the project you're working on, not even to your boss, but to your boss's boss and really getting that visual component. in. I think a lot of the projects I've worked on too have been, you know, 10 pages of straight text and getting some images in there or, you know, tables of geospatial, you know, summaries have been really helpful to also just kind of add some visuals. I'm a really visual learner. And so I always appreciate when there are visuals like that. And I know that others do too. So again, we're, we're talking about you being the only sort of specialist GIS person in your organization. And we've talked a little bit about being a jack of all trades. And I'm wondering, are there any sort of key skills that you find yourself using every day or often? Like anything worth, worth mentioning here? I don't know if this is necessarily a skill, but I think having a network of GIS people that you can reach out to to help you when you get stuck or just knowing how to figure out problems by yourself is really key. I use LinkedIn a lot and I've found it to be a really helpful community, especially because not only am I the only GIS person at my organization, but I live in a fairly rural area. And so there aren't a lot of GIS people in general where I live. And so having that network of people that you can reach out to and say, hey, I'm stuck on this. Do you have any ideas I found to be really helpful? And just (laughs) being a proficient Googler has helped a lot. And taking notes on when you do something of there are a couple of things where if I do not take notes on it, I will forget how to do it every single time. And so just keeping really good notes and knowing who to ask for help has been really helpful in my career. That sounds like some brilliant advice. I, I remember early on in my career, I had a little notebook of command line things, calls that I could use or little pieces of Python code that I, that I needed to remember. I also had that digitally, but it, it really helped me to write them down sometimes. And it sounds like it, it's helpful for you as well. Yeah. And if it's something like coding where you're going to use the same line of code every day in your life, you might as well be copying and pasting it every day because it'll make your life a little bit easier. Yeah, couldn't agree more. It sounds like that you're really into the environmental side of things. Is this an industry that you see a lot of potential in, in in terms of GIS, geospatial? I do. So kind of what I mentioned at the top is when I was applying for jobs and, you know, even when I still look at job applications now, Pretty much every job description, at least in the environmental science field, wants you to have some sort of GIS component to it. And a little bit more specifically for me, so I work at a land trust and as part of our annual duties, we need to be monitoring the properties that we own. And something that's happened in the past year because of COVID is remote monitoring and aerial imagery has really come to the forefront of my field. And knowing how to look at aerial imagery and analyze drone footage has been really important here. And I think that, you know, GIS and kind of more less boots on the ground thing and more how can I take this aerial imagery and apply it to what my organization needs is going to be even more important moving forward. And like I said, technology is always changing. And so being on top of that new technology has been really helpful for me. And I think organizations are going to want to see that moving forward. But I will say getting some organizations to switch over to Arc Pro instead of Arc Map version like 1.1 has been a, a challenge sometimes. But I, it's definitely a field where there's a lot of potential. But it might be hard to break into if you're just a GIS person who doesn't have an environmental background. But I'm not saying that you couldn't do it. So you talked a little bit about change there and the speed at which technology is moving the GIS or geospatial industry forward. And, you know, we're all expected to adapt to change. For yourself, for you personally, is this adaption or this willingness to learn new things, is it driven by curiosity or more of a need to stay current? I think it's definitely driven by 
a desire to learn more and also to make things easier to use. I've been using Arc Pro pretty much exclusively for the past two years. And anytime I open Arc Map, I can barely use it anymore because of <laughs> it, it was great for its time, but now Arc Pro is just a far superior technology and it just makes life a lot easier to switch over to these newer, more efficient technologies. And I think you can do a lot more with them too. I've worked for a lot of organizations that pay for an Arc license every year, but didn't even know that that included Arc Online and what they could be doing with Arc Online technologies to reach more people through an online audience. And so, you know, like a lot in life right now, technology is changing at a rapid pace. And I think staying up to date with it helps you reach more people and stay current in the industry and just makes life a lot easier. Um, <laughs> files load a lot faster, new, newer technologies than in old technologies. And it just makes my day a lot easier when I'm using the latest technology as opposed to older versions of the technology. So it, it sounds like that you're pretty well embedded in the, the ESRI ecosystem. Would you be willing to change jobs, go to a, an organization that was using open source software? I would, but I honestly don't know any organization in the conservation field that isn't using Esri products. We're very lucky in that nonprofits can get a very good deal on Esri products from Esri. And so I really don't know anyone who's not using Esri products in my field, which is good for me because it's the technology I've sort of specialized in. But I'd really love to learn more about the other technologies. But again, I've really stuck with Esri products because it's the only GIS platform I've used in all of my jobs. Yeah, and I, I just want to clarify here, I, I'm not married to either one, to Esri or, or to open source. We were just talking about change and that, that need to sort of adapt. So I, and I was just curious to hear your thoughts on that because you know if we learn how to use a tool very, very well, I mean, the temptation is only to use that tool, to see that as the solution to everything. So I was just curious to, to see what you, how you would answer that question. Yes, I'd definitely be open to learning more technologies, but unfortunately I haven't been able to use them in a professional setting. And just because of that, I'm more specialized in GIS. And so when I want to use it, or in Esri products, and so when I want to use them for fun outside of work, I find myself not going to those products that I don't know as well. But it's definitely something I'd love to learn in the future and definitely am open to learning. But I really don't know anyone in a professional setting that's using them, unfortunately. So now, now that you've been out in the workforce for a little while and you've got this professional experience under your belt, if you could go back in time and talk to yourself as a student, what, what would you tell yourself? What, what advice would you give yourself? <laughs> well, as I mentioned earlier, I'd be very surprised that I was working in GIS and using it on a daily basis because I hated it so much in the first semester I took it. I think I'd give myself the advice of sort of what I'm doing right now is always keep learning and always keep expanding your GIS toolbox, you know, there's so much out there and being on the forefront of the newest technologies or, you know, having a few more skills than the next person will really go a long way. I'd say it's definitely interesting being a younger female in GIS and in conservation in general, you know, kind of the more seasoned folks in the field, it's not the most diverse field. And so there's been some challenges along the way with that. But you'll meet some nice people along the way and they'll really go a long way to help you get to where you want to be in your career. I'm really sorry to hear that you, you've run into the, those kinds of, of challenges. I, I don't think that's acceptable at all. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. I'm kind of wondering where you want to be in the next five years and, and perhaps how you, you plan on, on getting there. Is that something that you can enlighten us on? I'd be happy to. So 
as far as jobs, I really like my current position. So I'd like to kind of keep growing in my current position. And I'm also really enjoying my job is based in New York's Adirondack Park, which is the largest protected area in the continental US. And so it's been really interesting getting to work in this kind of big experiment of a protected area and just see all the trials and tribulations of that and just working with GIS on such a big scale for what seems like a small organization. But personally, for me, I'd really like to earn my GISP in the next five years. So we'll see if that happens. <laughs> How are you going to get there? What, what is, do you have a plan for getting to your GISP? I do have a plan. So as part of your GISP, um, you need to submit portfolio requirements. And one of the biggest is that you need to have a certain number of years of experience in the field. And so for me right now, I'm really working towards those years, but I'm also kind of trying to do stuff that GISP likes. So reaching out to contribute to the GIS field, which is how I ended up here talking to you and just, you know, building my network on LinkedIn and staying up to date and, you know, just chatting with fellow GIS folks has been really helpful. And then the other big component of the GISP is the exam. So I think once I've earned my years of experience in the field, I will spend my time studying for the exam and then hopefully take it and pass it. But why do you want to get this? Like, what, what do you think is going to happen or how do you think it's going to change your life after you have this certification? Yeah, so I think for me, I still wish in undergrad I had been able to get a minor, a major, a certificate, anything in GIS, but my school didn't have one and so I wasn't able to. Um, and so for me, I've researched other options of possibly going back to school for GIS or, you know, getting a master's in GIS, which is not necessarily off the table, but in doing my research, it seems like a lot of people post undergrad or post master's degree, the certificate or certification they go for is the GISP. And so I think just in following the lead of a lot of other people in the field, that's why I want to earn that certification. I think, again, it's just kind of another feather in the cap of I know how to use GIS. And look, I, you know, went through this process, took this exam, got certified, you know, I can do the work that you're asking of me. Yeah, I completely, completely understand that argument. I'd like to try and round off the conversation now with a rather broad question. It might be a little bit difficult to answer, but I'm interested to know, what are you most excited about when you think about a future in GIS geospatial? Yeah, I think what excites me the most about being in the geospatial field is helping people make informed decisions. So for me, it's specifically in the conservation field, but I've really loved seeing how people light up when they see my maps and the work that I've completed and how that is then used to drive conservation efforts and protect land. And it's really nice to see my work in action. And I think for me, I just, I really enjoy seeing my work put to use at a professional level. And then more on a personal level, I've really fallen in love with the cartographic capabilities of ArcPro. And I've been having a lot of fun playing around and making my own maps on there. And so I'm excited to see what's next for there. And what maps I'm going to make in the future. Carolyn, thank you very much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. It's inspirational to, to hear someone like yourself who's so passionate about the industry and the future of it. So thank you very much. If there's someone listening to this and they want to reach out to you, perhaps ask some questions, maybe even get some guidance from you, where could they go to do that? Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed talking with you and I am a lover of your podcast outside of this interview too. So thank you for all the work that you do in the geospatial field. And I am most active in LinkedIn. I'm often posting my own maps on there. So find me on LinkedIn. I'll be sure to include a link to that in the show notes so people can track you down. 
Thanks again. I've really enjoyed talking with you. Thanks. You too. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation with Carolyn. I will put a link to her LinkedIn profile in the show notes so you can connect with her there if that's something you're interested in. Towards the end of the conversation, Carolyn talked about wanting to earn a GISP. So, so this is a GIS professional certification. And I think this is a really interesting concept. I think it's a really interesting idea. Not something I know a ton about, but I am actively looking for someone who can come on the podcast and sort of talk more broadly about the, this certification in itself and perhaps certification in the industry in general. And that's it for another episode of the Mapscaping Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. It's much appreciated. As always, you're more than welcome to reach out to me. I am most active on Twitter at Mapscaping, or you can find me at LinkedIn. And there's a link to that profile to my LinkedIn account in the show notes. So feel free to connect with me there. If email is your thing, you're more than welcome to email me. My email address is info at mapscaping.com. And I'd really appreciate it if you'd take the time to reach out to me. It'd be great to hear from you. And that's it from me. We'll talk again next week. Bye.